Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. And I'm here to bring the heat. It's been another week. Uh, Excited to be here. So Lamont, how has your week been? So I am still recovering from this weekend. My children had different projects and things they had to do over the weekend. We also walked in our local city's pride parade, which, you know, I'm all about, you know, anything that my family wants to do and support, I am there for. However, the part that I'm recovering from specifically is due to us going out to celebrate a friend's birthday on Saturday night. And uh, nothing tells you that you've gotten to a certain age or that you are past your youthful years, if you will, than staying out until five o'clock in the morning to um, celebrate someone's birthday. So um, I'm looking at you because like, yeah, sometimes you be at our house at like four or five in the morning. What's the the difference? (laughs) So with you all's house, I'm sitting there. I'm usually sitting. I am not um, at a club. Um, It is not a packed club with uh, people of all ages um, dancing. Some people seem like they're they may be on LSD um, just from some of the motions and things that I saw out in the club. I've never seen people dancing off beat but staying in rhythm. I don't know how that's a thing, but if you saw, you'd understand. I just pictured one of those tall, uh, linky things that had the air. Yeah, they inflatable arm tube they, they, Their arms go back and f- yes, yes. What is it called? Inflatable arm tube man. Yes, that is what I just pictured. And uh, and by the way, I also recognize when I said that, that at our house, like you really don't have to be on your guard 24-7. Like you're not really looking at the back door and the side door. Like I got to make sure I, me and my wife are safe. So I take exactly. that back. It's a little bit easier. A l- yeah. little bit easier because you know where the kids are. You know where we all are. And it's okay. No. Never mind. I, I get it. <laughs> you recant that point? There's still clubs here? Like, I haven't been to a club in forever. Yeah. See, I, and I don't know if you count derby parties as clubs. So, you know, mm. I've, I've been to a couple of those. No. And specifically, you know, you know the kinds I'm talking about, too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Those yeah, are I, like... I would, and my face got really just... No, I understand. I definitely understand. I have not been to a club in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if derby parties I, I, and where, oh man, that just gives out exactly where we live, don't it? Like, it tells yes. everybody where we live. <laughs> Let me say that I have not been to a club in a very long time. And I, I've been to like dance parties, though. Right. But it's not really a club. I don't know. I, I'm old now, though. Like, I want to go, but really, I want to leave by nine. 
uh, I don't want it to be too loud. I want some place to sit down. I want the food to be good. And uh, I don't want my shoes to be sticky at the end of the night. So I don't know if I'm really equipped to be at the clubs anymore. Yeah, no. See, the the places we went to. So um, one of the clubs we went to is now a Latin club. It used to be a strip club years ago. I'll tell you off air where that is. Um, it is a Latin club I'm, now. <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, I know. I know. I got you. I'll make sure I tell you. But it was really fun. Um, was in there trying to teach um, my wife how to salsa and the friends that were there. We're not going to get into the fact that when I was younger, I did have to do certain dances as I was in like ballet classes and different dance classes. But we left there and went to a more, um, I guess you'd say, hip hop club. The crowds were very different. We were out until five in the morning and I don't think I've recovered yet. And it's been about three days. Open arms. I welcome you. Hopefully with a pillow. Let's see. I feel you. My week. So I gave my boys a yes day over Mm. the weekend. Uh, Let's be clear. It was a yes 12 hours. And they had from noon to midnight. Mm. I would say yes to any reasonable request. Okay. So I didn't know how bad they would go. But they, they were pretty good. We went to, uh, so what I did was I put, posted it on Facebook and then I said in the, in the comments, I'm going to put the questions and then I decided to put a picture of me doing the thing that they asked. So they asked for their tablets early. They asked to go to uh, the Dollar Tree. Yo, first of all, my kids in the Dollar Tree's got, that's a set, special relationship. Uh, for those that aren't aware in the U.S., we have a store called the Dollar Tree Everything in the Dollar Tree used to be a dollar. Everything is now a dollar twenty-five. Adults can, might have a reasonable expect, expectation that twenty-five percent, twenty-five cent raise since the eighties. I think that's okay. My children, on the other hand, get very angry that this stuff used to be a dollar. Now it's a dollar twenty-five because it really <laughs> it take it takes away what they can get. Yeah. So, but this was a yesterday for mom. And they were like, can we get a cart? I knew it was going to mm. be a bad thing mm. when they asked for a cart. Oh, wow. A cart? That, that's, that's a big deal. Yes. They uh, got a terrible fast food meal for dinner, asked to eat it in the car, asked for an icy. Oh. And here's the thing. They had so much junk, they didn't even finish their dinner. Like They, it, they didn't finish their dinner. But ultimately, it was they had a good time. They didn't go ridiculous. It was really my youngest. My oldest only asked for like one thing. And the other thing he asked for was unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, because ain't nobody took a shower. Ain't nobody got anybody got the crust out their eyes. And he's like, Can we go on a shopping spree? <laughs> I told him Dollar Tree was a shopping spree. Mm. Fair. And then they they protested and then said, are you saying no? And I said, I'm not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Smart counselor, smart. 
So, but it 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 was a it was a good weekend. Uh, my husband went out of town, spent some time with his cousins and and, and stuff, and it was supposed to be male cousins and uncle only and it it was infiltrated by some of the, the female cousins and a auntie and a and a spouse i was like how come i wasn't invited mm. he was like you don't you don't drink tequila like i i know and i didn't want to go uh <laughs> but like now i feel like i'm missing out like i felt like i wasn't included but right but, you know what but he needed it and it, it looked like everyone had a good time so other than that, work is just draining because it's supposed to be. I'm happy, but it's draining. And yeah, I'm ready to get into this first confession. You All right, let's get it. This confession is titled, I Killed My Childhood Dog. When I was born, my parents already had a dog as their tryout kid. The dog was named Ozzy after the St. Charles Cardinal shortstop. We have a, a dog. It's uh, Otis. The dog before that that I had was uh, Oscar. I like to name my dogs with letter, the vowel, the O. I don't know why, but I do. It was truly a special dog that got along with all creatures and lived to be about 16. When Ozzy had to be put down, my family was devastated. My mom and brother especially were emotionally crushed. We didn't want to get another dog at all, but a stray dog came into our lives a while later and we named her Kuna. Kuna was a strange mix of beagle and a golden retriever. One blue eye and one green eye. A tail always wagging and a, no- a nose that was alert. I took to training her and-, and she learned faster than I thought. She is the reason I love training dogs to this day. My family went to my grandmother's farm regularly in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. I would take Kuna out to the pasture and surprisingly love to go and find the cattle and bring them back to me without training. She was small, but stood her ground to those cattle at at first bark. My family treated her like a pet and comfy playmate. I treated her like a co-worker and confidant. She tended to wander off when a breeze came by, but a good whistle brought her to heel. I had moved out and joined the military and was off at college, but came home regularly. Uh, you're doing a lot. You went to the military and the college? I mean, I guess, I guess. How old is this dog? Anyway, anyway. One Christmas morning, I woke up and saw my dad out with Kuna in the side pasture by, pasture by the road. I got dressed and wandered out and said maybe she shouldn't be by the highway, but he assured me that she was whistle ready. After all, I wasn't around as much anymore, and he was her main partner in crime these days. About 30 minutes later, I heard an uncharacteristically long, blaring horn on the highway, and my heart stopped. I knew. I couldn't see the highway, but I sprinted over two hills and saw an 18-wheeler piled up on the shoulder at the odd angle and the driver getting out. I couldn't tell you what that man looked like at all because his eyes were glued to the small brown dot on the road. I skidded to the ground, ripping my pants, my pants, knees, and skinned underneath. I didn't touch her at first, trying to analyze. A broken hip for sure, one or two broken paws. This was fixable, sort of. I put my ear to her chest and heard shallow air, wheezing breath. Okay, okay. I steadied myself and did the math. 
45 minutes to the vet. Fuck. Christmas. Not open. Over an hour to the hospital, I think. St. Louis? Springfield? Fuck. Kuna whimpered, so I started petting her and telling her what a good girl she was. Is. She is a good girl. I heard a yell and saw my family coming from different directions over the hills. I thought of my mom and how she couldn't see this. It would destroy her. My brother would be devastated. I couldn't let them suffer and I couldn't let Kuna suffer. I think I can save her. I can't save her. I pulled out the knife I always had in my hip and set it down. Kissed Kuna and told her I loved her. She tried to kiss my face and my heart broke into a million pieces. I leaned in and let her kiss me. I kissed her back. I used my knife just like I had been taught with an injured deer and Kuna passed quickly. I might have been able to save her. I don't know. I would like to say my decision was fully for Kuna, but it wasn't. I scooped her up and and hid the throat, which was uh, all bloodied anyway. I buried her pretty quickly in a spot we loved and said my goodbyes with the rest of the family. I went back to manual labor and never discussed it. Merry Christmas. Wow, we're starting off heavy. It is heavy. Wow. So trying to help family, which um, clearly direct family as well as Kona, correct? Yes, Kona. (laughs) Oh, Kona, sorry. Kona was clearly suffering. And, you know, in this moment, you don't want to see a loved one suffer in this manner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my rating first as I think it'll help me kind of explain my thought process. I'm going to say this is a poblano um, because it could irritate others because there are some people who will view this in, in the context of saying, you know, maybe there was a chance, you know, some people just no matter what, some people would rather let every possibility go through first before going there. But I, I can also understand the the position of not wanting to see them suffer, which can be viewed selfishly to some extent. But also it is a sign of love and you're not wanting to see them in this position. You're not wanting your family to see them in this position either. Some people may look at you going back to what you were doing as being, you know, careless or not really fully taking it in, but I don't see it that way. I see it more as you trying to, I guess, safe, um, I guess, put up a good front, if you will, or kind of not focus on exactly what you just dealt with. I do hope that you were able to deal with this in some way, because I can only imagine. Um, I've never really had huge experience with pets, but I can understand a loved one being lost and seeing them dying and not wanting to see them suffer anymore. Um, I've never helped with that, uh, but I, I do understand the feeling of seeing someone or something you care about slowly slipping away and not want to see them suffer and being in any pain anymore. But yeah, I would I would have to say for me, it's a poblano. From a rating scale, I would agree. It's a poblano for me. Uh, I think it is, it is a truth that could irritate others. But I, I, I'm curious, before I go into my little diatribe, mm-hmm. would you be able to tell your family that you 
put the dog down? I want to say yes, but it's one of those things where, you know, people always say you don't really know what you would do until you're in that position. In my head, um, which I'll admit it's almost like a heroic sentiment almost of being like, I took on that burden for everyone. Like in my head, it sounds like I could do it. But at the same time, I think of myself actually as a father with small children, um, trying to explain that to them or to even my, my wife. I don't know if I could handle their reactions and, you know, feel like I may have let them down by doing so. In like, so, yeah, I'd say I'd like to say yes, but that's so hard to say without being in that, you know, direct situation. Okay. You know, we don't pull the confessions. I think this was a very interesting one. It is it is pretty deep and solemn because, you know, for him, I could recognize that could be horrible to have to make that that level of decision to take the life of a, a loved one, so to speak. So we do have dogs. We have two. One is will be 15 this month, this month that the show comes out. I believe 15. I think he's really been held together with duct tape and glue but like I, I gave it his, his his last rights uh a few months back so for me at this point he's a ghost but uh and then a, a two-year-old dog I, i'm saying it, it is ghost-like he's held together with duct tape it's the fact that you're calling him zero <laughs> i'm I say, your laughter is definitely needed on the show so don't don't go oh, i'm yeah. sorry yeah, it, it adds to it. It's weird. I don't know how to explain it. But nonetheless, we do have dogs. We do have one held together with duct tape. And he it, it's, it's I would say he's really my husband's dog. Right. His name is Pharaoh. And Pharaoh suffers no fools. He he doesn't want anything to do with the boys. He doesn't want anything to do with our newest dog, Otis. He really wants nothing to do with any of them. So he messes with me, messes with Anthony. That's about it. If we're, if like we come upstairs, he'll go downstairs. Mm. If he's in the living room, we come to the living room, he will leave. Like he does not, nah, nah. Sometimes he'll come in my office and I'll pet him and we'll hang out. But he's, but anyway, I digress. I recognize how difficult that had to be. Um, And I'm probably on the side of, I probably would have tried to save the dog because like we almost lost we lost the dog in the neighborhood he got out and the feeling of it was like losing not like my kid because that's too far right but there was a heavy emotion of fear and like oh my gosh what if he gets hit by a car what if something happens so if I could save him I probably would have tried Mm-hmm. And it, I kid you not, what's interesting about this um, particular story is that when he said he's an hour from St. Louis or did he go to Springfield? I was two hours from St. Louis. So I know there was nothing he could do. Like I was two hours from St. Louis when I lived there with my family and I had to get all of my prenatal care in St. Louis. It was a two hour trip one way every time I could go with the back of my hand my entire pregnancy and so I there wasn't any I I could visualize him going on which route he took to St. Louis and and nothing being open because it's Christmas and 
So I can recognize like this dog is going to suffer. We may not be able to do anything. Right. I, you know, I, I really, my heart goes out to him. It, it was probably for the best that the dog doesn't suffer any longer. But, you know, the, I will say some parts of this story sounds fictional to me. No. How are you in the military and college? But what truck driver stops after they hit a dog on the road on Christmas? Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Maybe he was a dog lover. So I, but how do you know you hit a dog? How do you know it wasn't a deer or a big possum or? Sorry, big possum. Honey badger. We should have a rating on realness. Like we should have. Mm. We we write the confession. Okay, we both agree it's a poblano, but do we think it's a true confession? Um. It would be yes, no, maybe so. If I had to go with one of those three, and if you can come up with a better one, please, please do. I would not have included this one. I would have assumed it's not true. I feel like it would be about a dog named Shiloh. I don't know why. Like it's like a short story almost. Like yeah, like you said, it's just, it kind of leans in a little bit. Like you know, you would have seen this on maybe like Hallmark or something like that and this person's all down and they they eventually you know it's the holiday and all this stuff is happening and then they go back and they finally go into town one day and they're going to go get some fruit and stuff from the local you know uh market and while they're there they find a lady whose dog just had puppies and they have they see a puppy and the puppy looks at them and they look at the puppy and they of that puppy and they name it right after the dog they lost and they bring it back to their family and their little sibling is so excited and they're so joyous that they're almost like this is in, in memory of Kuna and it ends and Little House on the Prairie type music plays or something like that. So uh, you know how beautiful I love the human race because my brain went totally different. Oh. Here's what my brain went. My brain went I read your title, you, you told this story I don't even know why you told about the first dog because that really didn't matter. Here's what really, I'm going to read between the lines. This is what really happened. He got mad at his family one day and killed the family dog (laughs) and then threw it in the street and tried to say he got hit by a car. Damn. Couldn't explain the blood all over him. Like that, that's what happened. That's, I know it's terrible and that's a dark bleak thought and None of that. I went to college and the university at the same time. <laughs> was this online? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, you, you could it? be in Annapolis. He could be in Annapolis, but you would have said that. Like you've been proud of your Annapolisness. Like I, I, yeah. I, I'm giving a side eye. What's it on TikTok? A bombastic side eye. <laughs> uh, I'm giving a side eye to this story. Um, Fair. But I think the true story is maybe he killed his dog. Maybe he killed the family dog. Maybe he... Because, like, why was the point of, like, they did their test kid with the first dog? Nah. We had a dog before we had kids, but that was not no test. That's not the same thing. Those are different things. That's what I think it was Hallmarkish. It just came across, like, real... Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those commercials for those movies or those shows, but they, they tend to have a certain cadence. It's... The the mishap, the unfortunate moment, the the big shining cleanup, someone falls in love, 
or the dog shows up or something. It always has to have a really nice, neat, tidy, you know, tight bow on it. And it, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit much. Somebody's yeah. watching it. It, it. I think that's funny. Yes. I, a lot of people watch it. I, I was talking to one of my cousins uh, and they were talking about how much they, you know, they, they like watching TV and so does my husband. And, you know, they that's what they watch and it's good like they love it and i'm okay with it but for me it's like the same show with different characters and then i probably have to cut this out because i suffer from racial blindness i do think it's the same characters like ain't that the same <laughs> exact person like i don't think you have to cut that out person? other than the <laughs> other than the making it racial part i don't think you would have to cut that out because they do even like they'll say the name and they'll be like, Chet Johansson and Sylvia Renee star in Summer's Christmas. And then they'll show you another one. And it's the exact same, it sounds and looks like the exact same person. It's always some dark haired dude with some it's girl. Chet. See? And they'll just flip the names <laughs> around just a little bit. And you go, oh, and then they'll have like one person, like the girl from Full House, who I'm not saying her name because, you know, I don't know how that works. But she'll be on like one, and that'll be like the one person you're like, oh, that's what she's doing now. Okay, because I haven't seen her since then. Okay, okay. So well, that's because we don't watch those networks. If we watch no. those networks, we'd be able to see her stuff more often. So she's like killing right, the game. So, <laughs> all right, Lamont, what's the first truth you have for today? My my first truth for today is titled "Handicap Parking Nightmare." Okay, this was a few years ago, but I was just thinking about it and felt inspired to share. I used to live in this big apartment complex in a crowded college town. With it being a college town, there were often months where most of the college kids were on break and not home, meaning the parking lot would be deserted for months. Well, there was one handicapped spot. And at some point, some guy who lived the floor below us started parking in that one spot. He had this huge black douchey truck with big exhaust pipes at the front and mud tires and all sorts of stuff. He parked there a few times and I got fed up and left a note saying basically, hey, not trying to assume invisible disabilities do exist, but you don't have a placard up. So if you're licensed to park here, please put up your placard along those lines. I hear him one day laughing loudly about this with his friends gathered around the offending car as I'm going to work and my blood boils. So I write another note, this time basically saying, move or else. He continues to park illegally. So I call our rental company and ask them to tow his car, since they have a sign in the parking lot saying if you park illegally, they'll tow. They say he has to be ticketed at least twice before they'll tow him. So I call the towing company directly. The tow company says the signage isn't sufficient and they'd love to tow, but they can't. So I go back to my renting company and tell them that the signage isn't up to snuff. And within the next two weeks, they'll fix it. I'm thinking, okay, I've left multiple notes. The pain is fresh. There's a new sign. No way he's going to do it again. This jackass does. So I call the police department and within half an hour, a very nice cop is out there ticketing this asshole. I looked up what the amount would be and it was over $500. More than what his share of rent likely was. He never did it again. Okay. I know this is a dumb question, but does it say, does this person suffer from a disability and did he need that spot? Or he's just looking out for the community? It doesn't indicate. Um, they sound like just 
I guess the term would be concerned citizen, because from what I'm gathering, they never indicate that this delayed them in getting to parking. Not to mention, I don't know if it really would have in this instance, as they were talking about, it's usually empty um, for months because they, they don't specify. They kind of mentioned that being empty. So I assume that this was during that time frame, which further begs the question of why did they care so much? Um, if there were just empty spaces, unless they were disabled. So I don't know. I have I have questions as well. It's really a bell pepper. It's okay. You got somebody's car towed because they parked in a handicapped space. What I'm trying to understand is why was you why was you meddling? Like why? Like why does what did that have to do with you? Why if you didn't need the space and it wasn't impacting you, why are you meddling? Like I'm I'm tired of people meddling, Lamont. Tell people to stop meddling so dang go much. My face looks like eh. It, it's a bell pepper, uh, and like you were confessing, like you did something good. Like I, I, I got somebody told for parking in a handicapped spot. Well, shame on them for parking in a handicapped spot. Yeah, it's a bell pepper. This one is a, eh, yeah, yeah, it's a bell pepper. Yeah, that's my thoughts. No, I mean I, I feel the same. If they would have indicated that they were disabled, um, that there was some reasoning behind them doing it that was more than it seemed like they were just being nosy, even if they would have said that there was someone else in the building that was clearly not getting the opportunity to park and they were being delayed and had to traverse further, something like that, then I could have said, okay. Even then, I still wouldn't have said that it was higher rating, probably. Maybe I would have said it was a poblano because it could irritate someone who's like, why do you care? But, you know, I maybe would have applauded them more. But in this moment, I feel like we could input that Kevin Hart part where he talks about in his old stand-up where he's like, my mom told me to tell you, you know, insert that joke here. <laughs> Just because other than that, it seems like, well, why did you feel so compelled? People tend to go out of they, their way when they think the rules are being broken. At the front of my subdivision, there's like, there's a stop sign. And maybe what, 15 feet, 20 feet. Sorry, guys, I don't know the metric system, but there's a, a sign of no parking sign. So there's no parking in between this sign and the stop sign, which mm. makes sense. Problem is, majority of our kids' school buses in the subdivision and this is the one way in one way out subdivision are right there at that corner. So people tend to park all past that sign. Now, typically when I need to, and my kids bus is a mile from the house. So typically when I drive to the school bus stop, I would stop at the, before the sign, this one day I was above the sign because there was somebody else coming who we were normally in the bus stop together and I was like, I didn't want, I don't know why. I was like, I'll just pull up because it's easier for them to get behind me. And so this this young older woman, I was going to say something nice, pulls up besides me and shaking her hand and uh, whatever. And I was like, thank you. Like, I'm not going to move. If this does not impact you. I'm not impeding you. When Go do what you need to do because I'm not going to move. But it's like, why did you feel the need to correct me? Like, you know, like, and I get it. Send the police after me then. Give me a ticket for parking a car's length in front of the sign mm. at seven something in the morning 
to get my kid on the bus. Like, I don't stop meddling. People need to stop dang on meddling all the time. Yeah. Shoot. I'm I don't care, Susan. It's real simple. Yeah, but I was like, okay, thank you. Get my face, girl. And plus, I have my kid with me, so I can't act foolish in front of my children. That's just the, right, that's right. against the rules. Not that I, but I don't really act foolish at all. I'm just too ignorant. I don't care enough. That's that's <laughs> the problem. I really don't care. Like, right. All right. So I'm gonna jump into my next one, and it's a short one. Okay. Okay. This is called "I Ratted Out My Friends." To make my conscience free, but it backfired. So, hey, back in the 80s, I had a group of four friends who would hang out in the backyard and smoke cigarettes, listen to the boom box, and occasionally smoke pot. I, I can visualize that. Like, I all can absolutely out. visualize. Backyard, pot, boom box. The boom box is all with the double D batteries. <laughs> right. I, I see it. Yeah. I had babysat a couple of kids every other Saturday and knew they had a huge liquor cabinet. It was my idea that we should break into their house and steal a bottle. That's a stretch though. Like, okay. I knew they didn't lock their doors. So we went in and took a bottle of crown Royal. After we stole the bottle, I had a case of fear of getting caught. I was about 15 or 16 at the time. I didn't partake in the drinking. And when I got home, I told my mother. She called my friend's parents and we all got a good intervention from them all. Anyways, I- I'm imagining an intervention in the 80s. People was uh, ass whooping. Yeah, that's, that's it, what I heard. Yeah. Anyways, I never told any of my friends. It was me who ratted them out. I still feel like crap when they uh, occasionally bring the subject up and I have to play dumb. You snitched. That, see, this is snitching. See, you know, people always want to say, like, oh, if you see a crime and you tell on somebody you're a snitch. No, you are a citizen watching out for fellow citizens. Just like in the previous story. Like, oh, I'm looking out for my handicapped fellow brethren. I'm going to get your car removed. Okay, I'm still saying it's not meddling, but whatever. I'm going to get your car removed. This is a, a, an example of snitching. You per, it was your idea. They wouldn't even have the, the thought. They wouldn't have known to go there. They wouldn't have known the door was unlocked. Your ass don't drink, and then you go home and tell your mama? You bet not tell them. Because an intervention in the 80s, I might just whip your ass today. I'm sorry. This is, this, is, this is for Facts. you, Lamont. I'm sorry, Lamont. What's nah. your opinion? I'm. I apologize. Listen, I, I apologize. Nah, you good because you honestly took every thought I had. Because I was like, you excuse my language. It was like you got me fucked up. Because what you're not gonna do is you're not gonna sit here and tell me where the lick is, set up the lick. Once we have done it, then you decide to get a conscience and not tell us about it. You let us partake of it. Then you run home to your mom to let her know so we can get an 80s intervention. Put it this way. I wouldn't give a damn if we were friends and our kids went to school together. and We were in the uh, car line. If you told me while we were in the car line and you assumed that was your safe space, I would have whooped your ass in the jungle gym at the kids' school. Period. We would have fought. 
and maybe as we age and get older, people get over it, but you need to make damn sure they're over it before you say anything because you did that and you, it would be different if somebody came to you and I asked you and interrogated you. Like right. if they came to you like, do you know anything about the stolen liquor and da 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 and you broke as different. You still a snitch because it was you. But you know what? That unprompted, you went and told your mama about something you set up. That ain't gangster. That ain't gangster. All right, Lamont, what what <laughs> what would you rate it? Man, that's a reaper. I'm sorry. That's a reaper. You got to keep that one to yourself because I'm going to keep it a buck. Like you said, at this point, I don't, in my mind, I say I'd want to knock you out, like if that happened. But at the same time, like maybe not because I'm at this age now where I probably would just be like, that's foul. And I probably would never let you forget that you snitched. So it's like we were doing stuff, like if, even though we were doing surprises or private, like surprise parties for people, I wouldn't tell you. Because you might snitch and tell ahead of time and ruin the party. Um, I feel like that's what would happen is if I ain't gonna fight you, you gonna know that I'm mad about it. Because mm-hmm. that's just not cool. It'd be like you said, it'd be different if you were just one of the people who went along with it. I could understand that you got dragged into it too, and you just kind of felt bad about it afterwards. But for you to be the one to set it up is what makes the difference for me. There's a there's a huge difference. It's like if we if we plan on going on a trip, it's like to me, if you want to take it to make it something simple, if we plan on going on a trip and you're the one who's like, Hey y'all, I found this trip. We should go do it. And we all set it up and we're talking about it. And then we all go to pay, but then you flake out without telling us anything. And you just don't say anything about it. And then we go to pay our money and you're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then the day of you just like, yeah. So I never paid. I'm not going. And you never said anything to us. I'm going to think something's wrong. I think something's wrong. And if I just found out that you just decided you just don't want to go, it wasn't like a financial issue. You ain't got to go all into your personal business, but you say nothing. I got a problem with that. At least if we're cool, at least be upfront with me enough to just tell me. And, you know, because you can't be the one to set it up. So I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I'm going to have to. I'm definitely judging you that W2F, like that is, we're in the Todd Chili Reaper f- syndrome here. First of all, I believe this is 100% true, by the way, on our uh, fact or fiction or somewhere in between. I'm going to think this one's like real. I'm going with fact on this one. I'm going to give it a Todd Chili. I'm judging you. I, I, mm. I, I'm judging you. I am absolutely judging you. I am looking at you like you, it was your idea. You set up the, the crime and then you, I didn't partake and I snitched. Like you felt, I get it. You were the peer pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it wasn't like somebody pressured you and like, tell me about your babysitting gig, man. Right. If you don't smoke your cigarettes and weed and listen to your music and call it a day, but you, right. are, then you stole some crown Royal and you snitched. I hope somebody takes that purple bag to your face. Like <laughs> that's just not cool. The question is, what's cool. in that purple bag today? That's Pennies. the question. Pennies. Yeah, yeah. That, so for those who don't know, Crown Royal is a Canadian whiskey, I believe. Uh, I believe so. And 
comes in a, it comes in a a purple and gold felt bag. I think it's satchel. Yeah, it's a satchel. felt satchel. <laughs> and growing up, it was everybody's change purse when I was a kid. People were like, you kept your quarters in it, you kept your cigarette lighter in it. I'm, at this age now, I recognize they kept other things in it. Yeah. Uh, the the marijuana. Mm. Uh, I saw they scrabble kept other... pieces in one. Yes. Yes. I saw barats. People used to keep yeah. the like the little hair barats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a mo we didn't throw away nothing in the hood. We didn't, nah. we didn't throw away nothing. I I yeah, but anyway, anyway, I'm gonna give that a tie chili. It, it's close to a reaper, but I am absolutely judging you, and I hope everyone around you judges you. I hope they all make fun of you because that is a bullshit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do nothing with you if I found out. Oh man, you snitch like that. that snitching, ladies and gentlemen. That is snitching. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. Okay, all right. Before you go into your next truth, I sent you one. I'm not sure if that interests you or not. I always got backup troops. I save them whenever <clears throat> I can. Ooh, damn. I mean, I'm with it. I'm fine with it. All, All right, right, Lamont. What's your fi- All right, Lamont. What's your final truth for tonight? My final truth for tonight is titled, I secretly planted a giant sequoia tree in my mayor's front yard. Hi, I'm an arborist. This means I'm a professional in the cultivation, management, and study of trees. I love trees. I think they're some of the most beautiful, majestic, ancient living beings on our planet. Today, I'm here to tell you a story of death, new life, and revenge. Three years ago today, the city council of Redondo Beach, California, ordered the death of my 30-year-old pepper tree. Its roots had begun to penetrate the pavement in front of my house. The city noticed and issued the death warrant of my tree. They furthermore made me pay for the damages to the sidewalk and for the tree removal. I loved Clyde. I'm beginning to get older and planting something that I knew would live well beyond my lifetime was something very special. I took very good care of him. I drained his soil. I gave him a crush to lean on when he was a young lad and I watched him grow. Just as Clyde was becoming a strong, healthy individual, expanding his root system, developing a canopy and making his own way in life, the mayor took it upon himself to uproot my beautiful child. Mayor Steve Aspel, you killed my child. For this, you will pay. Two years and seven months ago, I secretly planted 45 California redwoods and 82 giant sequoias in various parks, yards, and state properties around your city. Today, each of their root systems will be at least 30 feet in diameter and deeply embedded into the soil. You may have noticed the trees growing in front of city council or that new one that sprouted up in your backyard. That's a giant sequoia, and its growth will begin accelerating rapidly in the coming months. You killed Clyde, but I have replaced him with over 100 living giants. And giant, they will become. In a few years, they'll be breaking heights of 100 to 300 feet and live well beyond 2,500 years. That's way longer than Jesus was born. To remove even one of them at this point will cost well over $1,500. And I'm stiffing you with the bill, just like you did to me three years ago today. Good day to you, sir. May your city be overrun by trees and may Clyde rest in peace. I am impressed with the level of petty in revenge one must have. The patience 
one must have for this level of revenge. That is impressive. What stuck out to me was he called it a death warrant. People don't play about their plants. Like people don't play about their their pets and their plants. They are 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 living creatures for them. But over a hundred living giants, that is petty. But I'm even more astonished is that he called out the mayor's name. Yeah. Did I did I hear you? Did I hear you say that correctly? He, yeah. he called out the mayor's name. Yeah. Steve Aspel. Yo, you know what? We got I got to go look up Steve. I'm sorry. I got to see if we're gonna find Mayor Steve Aspel. What would I rate this? Man. All of this was revenge because they had to cut down Clyde, or they forced you to cut Clyde down at your own expense. Wow. Ultimately, yeah, I would give this a jalapeno. I am that absolutely giving them the spot side eye. And as far as petty revenge, I would give that a 10 out of 10. That's some mm. patient revenge. Hey, Lamont, what do you rate it? So I would definitely say for me, as far as ratings, this would be a poblano. Um, it could definitely irritate others, but it, I lean towards maybe a spicier poblano. Um, I will say part of me starts immediately thinking of like Little Shop's Little Shop of Horrors came to mind. In that movie, there's a there's a person working at a um, at a store uh, played by. Uh, Rick Moranis, who for me growing up as a kid is like a legend actor. Um, he only did so many films, but he did them extremely well and then slid out of public view. But um, he has a plant by the name of Seymour that tends to grow and take on a life of its own. And It's an alien, actually. Oh, actually, yes. it's an alien. You're right. Sorry. It is. It's an alien. Um, it's a, so it's an alien life form that um, it continues to grow and it needs to be fed and it feeds on uh, humans as it continues to grow. Um, they by the end of the movie, um, they do believe that they have stopped him. Uh, turns out, no, they did not. And that's kind of what this made me think of. Or it made me think of uh, Poison Ivy from Batman. Um, who had a very strong connection to plants and trees. And um, she basically felt like people were the issue and not plants. And that's what this made me think of a lot. All right, good, sir. I think it does end this episode of Pick True. Hey, Lamont, do you remember the episode where we talked about the uh, arborist that planted trees all over Redondo Beach. Yes, I remember. After a, a quick research, <laughs> I learned that that was a hoax. Really? That it was, uh, yeah, the unidentified author put it on Reddit. He has since admitted, ad admitted in a published report to making the whole thing up. But for a few days, he or she continued to carry out the story, adding elaborate details and the comments replying to, to skeptics that were on Reddit. So the town did look for trees just in case to be sure. But the uh, author of that admitted that that was a hoax. So wow. they got us too. Mm. Years later, they got us too. <laughs> That's crazy. 
my rating still stands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to, I mean, if that was a real story to go that level is I'd almost say maniacal. If you like today's show, help us out, subscribe and send this show to two friends. If you have not done so already, join our Facebook group, pick truth and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, yes. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. Catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat. <laughs>